0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business and with specialized coverages for your <laughs> commercial vehicles. More at progressivecommercial.com, Right. <clears throat> Let's continue with the conversation we were just having with DiPietro and Rothenberg on, on the Giants. Um, Joe Judge. New York football Giants head coach. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max. We're here with Mike Tannenbaum in studio with us. Um, senior, according to us, <laughs> NFL front office uh, insider. Um, so Joe Judge was asked last night if this game is more on the coaches than the players, and here's his answer.
1: Yeah, put that on down. You can put that down tonight. Got that? You guys can write that tonight. Now the players got to execute. That's their job, Right. It's our job to teach them. It's their job to go out there and execute. But we've got to make sure we keep putting them in a position to have success. And it's got to be consistently that way. So, you know, you can go ahead and write that down, and I'm not going to debate that.
2: Key, what do you think? Man, coaches are never going to blame the players. Good coaches are always going to blame themselves and their staff. Right. When I look at this, I say to myself, it is on the coaches. When I look at Jason Garrett, yes, the trick play to the to the tight end, I mean to the tackle was great. But overall, the game plan was not good. And so I blame the coaching staff. When you sat in that room on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in early morning breakfast meeting on Thursday, and you thought that that game plan was efficient to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, somebody should have said, you know what? That's not going to work. But when you don't have accountability on the coaching staff, this is what you get. Mike?
3: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. You always have to go in the game and say, how are we going to win this game? And Tampa Bay at home, you know that they're going to put up points, especially with Gronk coming back. I agree with Key from a standpoint. You have to go into the game, Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, say, hey, We need to score at least 24 to 28 points to win this game. So I think the way they called really both sides of the ball in terms of – and listening to Peyton and Eli last night was very interesting because obviously they're seeing through the lens of the quarterback. When you give Tom Brady that much time, I don't care if you have 14 guys in coverage, he's going to find somebody open. So that was one thing. But on the other side of the ball – and, Jay, Will, you just talked about it a little bit a couple minutes ago – with all the weapons they have – get the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands, let John Ross make a play, let Kadarius Toney make a play. But to me, they had to go into their, the mindset of even if we go no huddle, even if we go empty, we're going to have to score in the 20s to have any chance to win this game.
4: Mike, when, when are we going to start? And I understand a lot of it has to do with coaching. Jason Garrett, Joe Judge. I get that Dave Gittleman is you know part of the problem, even though there's some draft picks that I like. But when do you start looking at Daniel Jones and say, okay, like now we have Saquon back, now Kenny Galladay's back. It's your job to elevate the level of play on the field. Where is the accountability there with Daniel Jones? Because last night was a stinker for him.
3: Yeah, I think it's right about now. And I said two weeks ago, Baker Mayfield goes into Foxborough, massive AFC game, no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb, and they were terrible. And, like, that told us everything. I kind of felt that way for a while about Baker where I had concerns. And last night is a great example of, like, Daniel Jones, like, Go stand toe to toe with Tom Brady, Monday Night Football. You don't even have to win, but give your organization the confidence that every week you're giving us a legitimate chance to win. And clearly, leaving that stadium last night, if the Giants are being honest and sober, they're having massive questions about Daniel Jones because the mistakes he's making are not getting better. Uh, look, but Mike, what do you do though? Right, scour in, the Daniel, in Keith, the Daniel Jones' you scour. situation. You, you got to scour. You got where? Scour. What are you? What are you getting? I, look, you, you got the big three in the off season of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. I'm selling the. They're all under contract. Yeah, and they're all going to be available. So I would start with that, and then I would go from there. I would go to the to the Bs, the the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. Because right oh, now God, a, a, a no, B, right now a B is better. All right, but Mike, Mike Daniel, uh, but that's not a long. Okay, they don't what do you want a B? But but a B is better than what they have right now. Mike,
0: I was is asked. It? I was asked. Um, uh, or I was yelled at, when I suggested the Giants draft Justin Fields. Well, they already have a quarterback. They have so many other needs. But either you have a great quarterback or, to me, you start looking. Well, you can win with a good enough quarterback. It's a lot harder. And I well, thought Max. Justin Fields had a chance to be great. What but about the, flip Daniel Jones to it's a second round pick or whatever, or you have him, you have, but you Justin. still got the
2: same problem. Cause you got the coaches.
0: Well, right. But what do you th- First, I want to know what Mike T thinks about that. Was that something reasonable or unreasonable?
3: No, it's reasonable. I mean, it, sometimes you see that where teams will double down on, on young quarterbacks, but here's the challenge guys. If you're the giants, look who you're competing with against next year, Carolina, the saints, mm-hmm. Denver, there's going to be a number of teams that need quarterbacks. Probably Atlanta, if they're being uh-huh. honest about their assessment. Arizona,
0: amount. right? No, Arizona had Josh Rosen. they were like, nope, not yeah, good enough. Yeah. We've seen enough. Yep. I want Kyler Murray. Right.
3: So if I'm the Giants' key, you want to know what, why I'm scouring? Like because you just don't know who you're going to be able to get. But to me, watching that game last night, like the bar is pretty low. They have a lot of weapons. They've invested a lot the offensive line, they need to score points. You can't ask your defense to go down to Tampa Bay and hold Tom Brady to 15 points. I don't think that's realistic. Key
0: mentioned the coaches and I'd love to tear into Gettleman again because him and Reese it doesn't take 10 years to fix an offensive line. I mean, they're okay. They're still not good enough. They lose at the line of scrimmage. They can't get pressure and they can get pushed around up front. How do you lose at the line of scrimmage for 10 years? Anyway, Key mentioned the coaches and Judge was asked if he still has faith an offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. Listen. I
1: have faith in all the people on our team. Players, coach, everything. But, you know, look, we'll assess everything as a team, make any move we need to going forward. I'm not going to go into that right now. Well, all
2: right. that sealed his fate.
3: <laughs>
4: hey, what do you think about that, Mike? What do you think about, like, the lack of saying,
3: yeah. you know? It's ominous. I mean, just to be candid, because he, he could have been like, I am unconditionally 100% committed to Jason Garrett yesterday, today, tomorrow, and for the next five years. Um, and, and Joe Judge knows by being in this market long enough, and Key, Jay will I mean, you guys all know it, like, it's always times 10. When it's great, it's times 10. When it's bad, it's times 10. Mm-hmm. And I think what he didn't say to me was somewhat ominous.
5: Mm. As
0: soon as Key heard it, and he's fluent in football, he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <It's Yeah. not laughs> Toast. <anything>
2: good? <laughs> Toast, but no butter. That ain't well, good, just, right? That's
4: just being fluent in business, Key. man. Understand when somebody doesn't back you. No you have doubt a chance to back you, like all you got to, Mike T. Keyshawn's my guy. All right, let He'll me ask be you my this: my guy for the uh, for the forthcoming future.
0: I was going to ask Key, but I'll ask you, Jay. Over under, how long does he last through the season? Through the season, Key is that right? Jason Garrett gone next season. Last this year. Uh,
2: how many more games to go? We are at six. Yes, yeah, yeah. he probably so DJs, will be
3: six, canned by the second-to-last game. I, oh, I, it doesn't
0: I, last the season.
3: I would say this. If they were to make that decision, and I don't know if they are, but if they were, I would strongly suggest doing it ASAP because you want to see if there's somebody else mm. on the staff that could step into those shoes. And being a play caller in the NFL is really, really hard, getting the cadence down. So if you've made that decision, it was interesting. I don't know if you guys saw Scott Strickland's comments. He's the AD at Florida. And they say, why now? You know, Florida's going to play Florida State. And his point was, if you're going to make a decision, like why wait? And I've been there a couple of times in my own career where we made change one time four games into a season just because we knew we were going to make a change. And if I was Joe Judge and I felt like that's something I really was going to do, my suggestion, if you're going to do it, do it ASAP because you got to see if there's somebody on your staff that's a viable candidate. This
0: is really interesting because I asked, what's the over-under on how long – Jason Garrett last. None of us think he's going to last. But And Jay said the season. Key says second to last week of the season. And Mike T, you're saying, like, ASAP. Do it now well, if it's going to get done.
2: See, to me, to me, second to the last game is ASAP. You, you know, and if, he, if they did it two weeks from now, it's still enough like Mike. Is, me and Mike are saying the same thing. Give a person an opportunity. I just didn't elaborate on it. But give a person on the staff, the receiver coach, Uh, uh, running back coach, the offensive line, somebody on the staff, give them a couple games to see if they can call plays so you don't have to go outside of your staff to bring somebody in to learn the entire new system is what Mike is saying, and I'm saying the same thing. Mike, do you still have faith in Joe Judge?
3: I do from a standpoint of if I'm looking through the lens of when we hired him, they went through – couple, like two two and done with Pat Shermer, two and done with Ben Bakadu, this guy was on the precipice of being the head coach at Mississippi State when they hired him. If I'm the Maras, if I'm the Tishes, I am committed to Joe Judge, his intelligence, his character, knowing that this is not going to be an overnight development. So while I may have some concerns, and like he was just talking about the offensive staff, those are things I would be talking about. Like, what have you learned? What are you going to course correct? I would just find it inconceivable to move on from Joe Judge when you picked a guy that was young, You thought he had high upside. But, again, he was ready to be the Mississippi State head coach. What about Gettleman? I mean, look, it's getting harder to defend Dave, and I I like Dave a lot. But, like, I could see that where maybe he retires or he goes into a consulting position. Um, So, look, they're, what, 9-17 over the last two years. It's it's a tougher situation to defend. Yeah,
0: I mean, if I were the Maras, I would um, hire some – astrophysicists, to see if they can build a time machine to go back in time and fire him before they hired him. All right? Like, that's how I'd like to get rid of Dave Gettleman. This has been a, an unmitigated disaster. I'm so tired of the apologists for him. The Giants haven't spent... I
2: Max. Keith, they haven't know. spent a day uh, over 500. It's they haven't spent a day but, over 500 but, in five but, years? But, but I don't know, because it seems like... Mike, it seems like he's picking the right guy. Okay, the Baker situation with the corner, that was a disaster. He didn't listen. It was red flags everywhere. He didn't listen to that. That turned into something different. But as far as his picks, it seems like to me that he's picked well. They're not being coached up well, that's is what it comment. seems to me. He
0: also chose the coach.
2: Well, I mean, I think I don't think he chose the coach. I think collectively. uh. Uh-huh. The head coach—I mean, collectively, the owners, as well as him, decided to go with the Belichick tree because it brought something back from the past. <laughs> go with the I
0: Belichick think. tree because of all the success the, Belich- the Belichick tree has had. Like, could you well, imagine? It's, a it's, you, a you, you
2: know, it's the—, it's the we can revisit tough guy Tom Coughlin again. We had success with that. But here's a younger Tom. Bill was here years ago. He reminds us of a lot of Bill. He reminds us a little bit of Belichick. Hey, let's go with that. I think that's what they got caught up in. And,
3: and but I could be wrong. No, no. I, I, and to take that a step further, you know, Coach Belichick had great years himself at the Giants. 86. He was the defensive coordinator. So he had a great run with the Giants himself. So I could see why ownership would say, hey, Not only Coach Parcells, but Coach Belichick was actually there as well.
4: I really need Bill Belichick to retire and just come back and run the Giants. That'd be great. Giants lost to uh, Tom Brady in the box on Monday Night
0: Football. Speaking of Brady, listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, a 10-part series exploring how Sports has an impact on our everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career. Available wherever you get your podcasts and brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Need to finance a home like a pro? Rocket can. There's another quarterback in that division, in the Giants division, who's making the climb that Giants fans hoped Daniel Jones would take. I mean, think about it. Beginning of the year, you'd say, you want Daniel Jones or this guy? I think most people would have said Daniel Jones. But now if you ask Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones, here's Lewis Riddick on why Jalen Hurts is giving the Eagles a lot to think about when it comes to him being the quarterback of the franchise. It looks like as they're developing, they're winning. As they're getting to know each other from a player perspective, coaching perspective, they're winning those are all great things and as it pertains to Jalen himself look right here I mean they've got what two games and they have their bye, and then they've got a four-game sprint all in the division you wind up beating Washington on the road Giants on the road Washington at home Dallas at home yeah I think he will set himself up perfectly and give them a lot of flexibility as far as how
2: they use all those number one drafts they have in the 2022 draft
0: now Mike um Alan Hahn was here on Friday because I was uh, doing the fight in Vegas, Terrence Crawford, uh, Sean Porter, hell of a welterweight fight. Um, So he asked Key and Jay this question on Friday. I'm going to ask you this question now. Who is in a better situation when it comes to their quarterback in the NFC East, Giants or Eagles?
3: I would say the Eagles. Now, with that said, I like where Jalen Hurts is trending, but here's my concern. Uh Uh-oh. Well, it's just the facts, Key. Did a little homework on this. When the ball travels 20 yards or more down the field, he's only completing 35.7% of his passes, which is 23rd in the NFL. And when the ball travels 20 yards or more, he has four interceptions, which is the most in the NFL. So if I know that, the opposing defensive coordinators are going to know that. And if we go back to one of the things that Coach Belichick always talked about, which is if we're going to lose to our opponent, we're going to make them beat us left-handed. Meaning we're going to take away what they do great – Jalen Hurts, that's extending plays, making plays with his feet, and he's going to have to beat us what he doesn't do well, throwing the ball down the field. So if we're sitting here, the four of us, in a month, and that completion percentage down the field improves, I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. But to me, that's the last box he needs to check.
2: Mm -hmm. Let let me ask you this, though, Mike. Uh, You know, you you like Lamar
3: Jackson, huh? A lot. Okay. When did you start falling in love with Lamar? Watching him play over the last, you know, couple of years, he kept getting better and better. Okay, so the reason it's not a setup, it, it, it's not a setup. I'm not setting you up.
2: I have a unique—I don't know what it is—a a, a foresight of just seeing things without diving deep into it. And I, and I, what I do oftentimes is I say, "Well, all I did was saw the guy for a few plays here and there, and, and he reminds me of this guy. There's no big difference." And everybody goes, "You're crazy, remember?" And then we did a little research. Lamar Jackson, in his first 15 starts, has about 4,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 turnovers, and about 213 first downs. Guess guess whose numbers are exactly the same? Jalen Hurts. 4,100 yards, a total offense, 29 touchdowns, 11 turnovers, and 209 first downs. You would have never thought that. So why I say that is if we getting ready to give Lamar Jackson $300 million and he's the future after 15 plus starts for my team in Baltimore, and he's grown since then, why all this reservation about Jalen hurts and essentially he's doing the same thing in only 15 starts and he's going to get better because the ceiling is certainly moving at a higher clip. I, I just, it's so weird to me that, it's this always this but with Jalen Hurts. It was a butt with Jalen Hurts before Sunday, and he went out there and put on a nice display of athleticism, scoring touchdowns, and winning the game, and yet we come out of this with a but. Is that because where he was drafted and because they hold three first-round picks? There
4: not there a lot of butts for Lamar Jackson around that same time, though? I mean, I think now you can speak to, like, you know what Lamar Jackson is, but at that time, people were still – People still have questions around. Yeah, Lamar them.
0: Lamar and Josh Allen are both success stories in terms of how you hope a guy will develop.
6: Yeah,
3: and, and by the way, I did say I was going to take him over Daniel Jones. I'm encouraged by him. I'm just saying like there's still more boxes that need to be checked. It goes back to the tate sets the floor and the character sets the ceiling. And I'm encouraged by him, but there are still areas that he needs to develop. And all I'm saying is over the coming weeks, those are things that NFL defensive coordinators are going to make him those are more tests that he needs to pass, which he could and, and certainly should from a Philadelphia standpoint. I'm sitting there with three ones, but before I say, hey, this is my guy, that's one more thing I have to see. If you go back to college, when he transferred to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that there was concerns about was his accuracy. It's gotten better, but downfield, that's something we still no. need to see.
0: He's been good against the Blitz recently. I, thought that, I think
2: that's encouraging. But I- I'm taking him. He's my quarterback. I don't need to see no more. For the next, couple I'd of years. like to He's see keep
0: growing. I'm also in on. I'm in on Jalen Hurts. I'm now in on Jalen Hurts. Not with the same certainty I am with a guy with a deeper resume, but I'm in. Right at the moment, I'm in on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Importantly, guys, think about this: Carson Wentz. Oh, he had a good second half. No, he didn't. But that's what they were saying. Drafted Jalen Hurts when they needed a receiver. They could have traded up. Mm-hmm. Nope, they drafted him. When, when Gardner Minshew was available as a backup, right, that's a low-cost, easy way. It didn't cost much draft capital. That dude is a good backup quarterback. Yeah. Eagles, like the Eagles are, have given the ball to Hurts, and they have said, you are the guy. Like, they seem committed but, to him.
3: But it goes back to what I said to Key earlier, Max. I see it a little bit different about the verb scour. Like, give John Schneider and Pete Carroll so much credit. Go back to what they did. Paid Matt Flynn a lot of money. Paid Tavares Jackson a lot of money. Oh, by the way, we took some guy in the third round who couldn't start at NC State, some guy named Russell Wilson. Look how it turned out. So to me, when we're talking about quarterbacks, you have to scour. And the fact that they went after Minshew and they had Flacco for a few minutes, that just shows you it's a mindset of we're going to keep attacking the quarterback position. Now, it looks like Hertz is extremely encouraging, which is Did you great. just mention Joe Flacco?
2: Did I yeah, hear that? Yeah, Correct. But,
3: yeah, but my point—it's about a mindset, key. That's all.
0: Doing and, every, looking and, under yeah, every and, rock, and, and,
3: that, mm. and that's what the Giants need to be doing. And, and you compare the two organizations. Philly may have hit on Jalen Hurts and have three first. So round what would picks.
0: you do? So w- would you use one of those first-round picks on a quarterback or no. some later pick on well, a quarterback?
3: I, well, I would. By the end of the year, if his downfield throwing accuracy improved, I would not spend mm. it on a quarterback, and I would do everything I can to make him successful. But we still have the benefit of more time. What if it stayed flat? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we just need more information and look at Now, look, the draft next year, guys, it's pretty bare at the quarterback position. Yes, that is correct. So I'm I'm not touching it, Mike, unless I'm not using a
2: first-round pick on anybody in this year's draft because Jalen Hurts is better than them based on his 15 games plus in the National Football League in their college film. He's better than them. I'm not using a first-round pick on a college quarterback. I mean, here's
0: the thing about Hurts. I think he is right in terms of the branding because he's a second-round guy. But, like, Kyler Murray goes one overall, right? Jalen Hurts goes in the second round. They both played in the same system with a lot of success. Jalen Hurts also played at Alabama with a lot of success. And how much of this our is the branding in our own minds because of where he
3: was drafted? No, that's part of it. And there's another X factor here too. Like I, I said for months, like how could Cam Newton be on the streets? Like you look at Carolina's situation, you know, they traded multiple picks to get Sam Darnold, guaranteed his money for next year. Cam Newton, to me, is still one of the thirty two best quarterbacks. So if you were Pittsburgh, if you were the Saints, Carolina, there was a guy like under this whole idea of scouring, there was another guy that teams could because he will start next year, especially when you look at the draft of where these guys are projecting for next April. So to me, like Philly is in a position of strength because they have hit on a second-round pick. Hopefully he'll continue to get better. And when you look at the options, he is clearly, as Key said, when you compare him to those guys coming out this year, he would clearly be a first-round pick in next year's draft.
0: I'm with you, Mike. Either you have a great quarterback or scour. Like get, get a great quarterback or scour. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. Key says, uh-oh, Alabama can't claim Jalen Hurts. So we go from one former Oklahoma quarterback to another and why he needs to start playing well sooner than later. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio.
5: Passion, drive, and patience. your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com.
6: Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. I mean, my guys know that all I care about is winning, but I'm going to be frustrated if I do stuff to make it harder on us. We know he's hurt. He's been very uh, transparent about his injury, and we know he's playing through it. They, they know I'm going to come back and attack this week, and that's how I've always been.
0: Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio, Series, XM Channel 80, your podcast, your smart speakers, anywhere there's communication in the, in the known multiverse, there's Keyshawn J. Willimax. <laughs> Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. All right, let's get to the Browns and Baker Mayfield. The Browns beat the Lions, but Baker did not play well. He was booed. He skipped his post-game media availability. Baker's been very badly banged up. He's playing through injury. We know that. Then his wife posted a since-deleted tweet questioning his teammates' toughness. So we finally heard from Baker on Monday, and here's what he said to the media. You pride yourself on, on being that guy and being accountable and stepping forward. and
6: Not one and, part of that's not being accountable. I'd be the first to tell you I played like <laughs> so it's, it's not about accountable, and I don't
0: owe you guys any of that. I owe that to my teammates, and I talk to them, so that's what matters. Baker, what did you make of, of some of the booing there in the second half from the fans?
6: Those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate, so don't really care.
3: Oh, guys, that is so disappointing on a number of levels. First of all, I find it somewhat ironic that one of the last things that happened with OBJ is his dad posts a video and they want to get rid of all the noise and he's a problem, but the starting quarterback, the franchise starting back, quarterback's wife, does something very similar. So that's not acceptable. Like, if you want to be the franchise quarterback, be a battlefield commander, you can't have your agent, your loved ones, get them off social media. That is not being a leader. As a leader, you absorb criticism and you deflect praise. And when you call out the fans, that's even worse. So that's a big O for 2. You play like crap. Your wife's on social media. After you guys are out there saying you don't like what OBJ's dad did, And then you call out the fans and you want to be the franchise quarterback. Those actions are so inconsistent of what a leader should be and could be that it's another very significant reason for me. If I was running a team, I would not give him a long term deal. You see, Mike, when I hear that, all the things you just said, it starts to make me check
4: out a little bit on Baker. And people say, well, you know, he should be able to say what he wants. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. If you're going to say what you want, then pull up the stat sheet. Bring me the box score. And let me see those numbers that are dominating that regardless of whatever you say, I can't say anything to hold that against you because your numbers are speaking for themselves. And Baker's numbers aren't putting him in that position to speak like that. That's a problem for me moving forward. If you're evaluating the future of this franchise, if you want that to be in his hands, I like the edge. I just don't like the edge in those particular situations.
0: Keyshawn, J. the ESPN Radio. You were listening to the voice of Mike Tannenbaum previously, who's sitting with us. Uh, Key. I see, like, you know, you seem to be, like, let's make this binary for a second. There's kind of, like, pro-baker, anti-baker. And you seem to be kind of pro-baker in this case. Like, not, he didn't do anything wrong and doesn't deserve the criticism was the kind of feeling I got well, from you earlier all, in the show.
2: Well, you're going to continue because I'm a consistent person. I'm not going to say one thing and then switch up later on and say something on another show and another show. And th- I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay consistent with it all the way across the board because that's who I am. I'm true to who I am. One of the things is I clearly, I clearly understand where Mike is coming from as a front office executive. Okay. I clearly understand that because his job as a front office executive, having have done it at a pretty high level for a couple organizations is to protect the brand of the organization and give the proper insight to the fan base, to sell tickets to them, but also educate your player on how to treat the fan base. Number two, His wife took the post down. Family members of professional athletes, or even to some executives to the extent, and you know this, Mike, because you've seen it. Family members of executives. Remember the Philadelphia 76ers uh, general manager? Was it the general manager or the president of the team? One of the two. Wife was tweeting things out anonymously because they protect their family. That's just what happens. In it, 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 OBJ's family, did it. His dad, Baker Mayfield's wife, did it. She took it down because that's her husband. She understands her husband's pain getting out of the bed every single day, having to go to the training room and complain to her when he gets home. Has he been playing lights out football? No. Is he hurt? Yes. Is it annoying when someone says that you are leaving the press conference because. You don't want to hold yourself accountable in front of the media? That's harsh you-know-what. So, yes, I am with Baker Mayfield on that. And if you are booing someone and don't understand everything that that he's going through based based on the way that he's playing, that's wrong. This man is broken down, and he's trying to give your organization – an opportunity to win by getting out of his bed, hurt banged up and rolling himself out onto the field. Does that not earn some praise or, or is he supposed to be just immune to, Keith, everything that's going on with his body to play
4: football brother you're getting paid millions of dollars to play Nobody no no jay J- 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 hey, jay stop look, it. hey look man i'm stop just saying stop
2: the millions of dollars to play football what are you talking about no one wants it's the reality. to hear it that matter, if man. he's hurt if he's Bro, everybody hurt everybody knows that he's hurt he's, he's made comments that up, he's hurt already key there's no need to be booing him if he's hurting, he's banged up, and if everybody knows that already, why in the hell are you booing him? Because you're but, talking about fans. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a,
3: a key, I would say one other thing here that I see it slightly different from this standpoint. Go back to what Coach Parcells, when he used to talk to Al Davis, when Bill Parcells had a bad day, he used to call up Al Davis, and Al Davis 100% of the time said to Coach, no one cares. Nobody cares. You either win or you don't. And if I'm Baker Mayfield or if I'm talking to Baker Through the media, if I'm in the Browns, I'm saying the same thing. You are our CEO. You are the face of this franchise. You and Kevin Stefanski. And guess what? You shouldn't be talking about the fans. You shouldn't have your wife post. You should be leading this franchise as our CEO and our leader. And you're banged up. Guess what? No one cares. Aaron Rodgers, everyone else is banged up, right? So to whom much is given, much is expected. Mike, he's not having his wife post.
2: She took it down. He can't control his wife posting. As I said before, people protect their families, whether it's players, front office guys, uh, uh, politicians. whatever That's what people do in this sick social media world. That's what they do. They can't do you, stay all, off all right, of those Mike, devices. Hey, Key, stay
0: right there. That's interesting to me. Here seems to be – I hear what Jay is saying, what you're mm-hmm. saying, Mike, what Key is saying, and they're legitimate just divergent opinions, right, like divergence of opinion. But – here is an interesting point. You seem to assume, as many do, if your wife is posting, that's on you. Yeah. Now, I'm a little more with that than like if your dad or your brother or your mother or your sister's posting. Because the people you don't live in the same house with anymore, it's a little different. But if your wife
3: wa- – so but he, he is saying, uh-uh, it's not like that. Yeah, he can't, you can't control what family members guys, do. Guys, this is a little bit like Robert Sala and Rex Ryan from a week ago. When you're the head coach, when you're the quarterback, don't worry about the fans. Don't worry about the media. Like, you, but what about what the,
0: you, you just said? I, I, hear, I hear that. I'm with you there, okay? I hear you. But what about what Key said? Because you seem to be assuming that the wife posting something is on Baker. You know, what about that? Is that necessarily on Baker or that may just be a you know, rogue family member?
3: Yeah, well, I would tell the rogue family member, like, hey, look, we have an honor <laughs> and a privilege that's taking care of us our kids' kids, we have generational wealth. And with that comes responsibility. So if you're upset, as Mike Tomlin used to say at his press conferences, yes. when they would ask, it's between me and my basement walls. And if you're really upset, Mrs. Mayfield, yell at your basement walls. And, Baker, if you're mm-hmm. really upset at the fans, yell at your basement so walls. So you are right. holding right. Right. Yeah, well, You I do, are holding I do want to clarify. Responsible for the the she did
4: not post anything in her own words. She reposted somebody else saying of how – P- post, repost P- is the same
2: thing, man. Well, well, it wasn't. Thing. But did, did you read the post key? It's the same. Did you read th- the I post? I don't need to read the post. Well, I'm gonna tell you what the, the if post If you posting just said, or you reposting, you are clarifying and
3: agreeing with the individual that put it out in the first place.
0: No, that's not necessarily.
3: True. Oh God, no. God hey, stop, hey, Max. And Max, let's go to the inverse. Don't you think there's thousands of spouses that do want to defend their husbands and don't?
0: Yeah, but but no, no, I, th- separate things. The, the assumption being made that the spouse is essentially acting as a mouthpiece for the player, Key is challenging that and saying, wait a minute, not necessarily. He, Key has talked about this in the past. He's been in situations where – or seen situations where someone says something, the family member hears them complaining about it and then takes it upon themselves to deliver that oh, to the, the media. It's not like the family member sending them out hey, there as a messenger.
2: Max, I'm going to clear this one up for all three of us or all four of us now. There's a famous quarterback who may be the best quarterback to, that ever walked the face of the earth. His name is Thomas Brady. He has a wife who's very famous named Giselle Bunchkin. You know, he, she was in the box. He was on the field. And she tweeted out. You remember this, Mike? Yep. My husband can't throw the ball and catch it.
4: How many Super Bowls
2: had he won? No, hold, hold on. Hold on. How
4: many Super Bowls had now, he Mike, won when he tweeted out?
2: And Mike <laughs> and Michael, was that on Tom Brady?
4: But was that, that on Jazelle? I'm never Gizale?
2: comparing what Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield uh, does. I'm it, an
4: argument that? And I'm throwing that out the well, window. But that right. may be true. true. Wait, wait, Jay J- 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 is making
0: Jay is, <laughs> J- is, <laughs> J- is making an excellent <laughs> point. But I Michael, am curious. Michael,
2: I am curious about Tom that. Brady,
3: was that was it on Tom Brady, or was that on Jazelle? I defer to Senator Williams because I'm asking you an honest question.
0: The football has gotten so bad in one city they can't even find. They can't even field one good football team. Forget about two. If you combined everyone, they couldn't fi- field a good team.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com help, slash unsportsmanlike.
5: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click, Granger.com, or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. This, to me, is the start of the
0: movie we saw last season where jaw's locked and get ready because here come the
2: Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
6: It started with Tom Brady. He came to play tonight. He had everybody offensively ready to play tonight. Total team effort was, I thought, outstanding. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. We left a lot out there, and we gave them one. But This game was controlled by the Bucs from start to finish. There's no question.
0: Keyshawn J. Willimax presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on this. the Goodyear Hotline. All right, so... Rich Gannon, mm-hmm. former NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know anything about this? Sheen. The serious uh, sorry, and Sirius XM NFL host, uh, tweeted this during Monday Night Football. Key, J, listen to this one. If you took the best players from the Giants and Jets and combined them to make one team, I'm not sure they would win eight games. By the way, guys, keep in mind, you're still under 500 nowadays if you win eight games. It's 17-game season. All right, so... Um, I, I, is he right key if you can if you combine the
2: rosters of both teams you gonna win eight i think they might be good though if They who the coach ah see, that's, that's so the key cool. though right because because if you think about okay who can so elijah moore we take him we can use him kadarius tony we got all that right we could do that the, the offensive system i mean situation personnel wise for the giants we cool. We probably could slide Beckton, keep him at left healthy, and move Thomas to right. We might be able to move him to guard. Uh, who else we got Vera there? Let Tucker. Me... Tucker's there. Okay, so we we can pick up an offensive line and put it together and figure yep. it out, right? Yeah. We know who Saquon Barkley is. Mm-hmm. We got the receivers. You you got we deep at that spot. Defensively, we got we got a few pieces on the defensive side of the ball, but the key to all of that is. Who's coaching them? Right. Give me, give me Joe Judge
4: and give me Robert Sala as my DC. You
0: want Robert Sala as a DC, Joe Judge, and who's calling the offense? Oh, I don't know, dude. It's bad, man. But he brings up a good point. The roster looks good. The coaching staff looks bad. He's right. If you if you combine the coaching staffs, you're still like, damn. Can I even put a staff together that I want out of those two staffs? You get You get yeah, a staff though. That is- Whew. That's the issue. Maybe even like with the Giants' offensive line, they've used a lot of resources there. Apparently, they don't coach them up right. Yeah, like Robert, they Robert
2: Sala's the DC would be good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't Before. know what type of head coach Joe Judge is. Yeah, me neither. Jerry. I just Definitely. don't know what he. I don't know what he does. Like I don't know. Like what is he doing? Is he in the offensive playroom? Because some head, most head coaches are involved on one side of the ball, one way or another. Like Parcells was involved, heavy on the defense, but had influence on the offense. Speaking of Bill Parcells, is he old? Too old to be a coach? Because I put him. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> I get
0: drive him dry, the
1: whole dry,
2: thing. Yeah, drive Bill to his grave right about now. Man. We ain't trying to see that. <laughs> well, these players nowadays, he he barely can handle me. So you know, come, come on. on now, that was he what 30 about? years ago <laughs> what? so so anyway he coached both the Giants
0: and the Jets so if he counts because he coached both I think we're all right with the coach he was on Monday Night Football of course with Eli and Peyton they always have a special guest and uh he was asked um Eli asked him if uh if Bill would have drafted Peyton in 97 listen to the answer
3: Coach, I have a, uh, a what-if question for you. Uh, back in 1997, you are head coach of the Jets. Peyton was a junior at Tennessee. He thought about leaving early uh, to come out um, of college. And I think in that scenario, if he would have come out, would you have drafted him, number one? And also, how would you have dealt with his 28 interceptions that he would eventually go on to throw up his rookie season?
5: <laughs> well, we definitely would have drafted him. But I would have probably cut my throat at about number 15, so I wouldn't have seen those additional 13.
0: <laughs> Speaking of driving him to a, to the grave, he wouldn't have lived to see it after 15. Key, let me ask you this. How would your career, how's your career different
2: if Peyton Manning goes to the Jets in 97? I, mean, I probably got, instead of having, what, I got like 11,000 yards close to something like that, I probably have about... 18, 19,000 yards, <laughs> probably 200 touchdowns. If he'd have came to the Jets, see, I don't know though, man, because if he'd have came to the Jets, the style in which Bill wanted to play, although Bill did throw the ball, it, there's this misnomer that he wouldn't throw the ball. He did throw the ball with Drew Bledsoe a lot in, Buff- in, in New England. Remember, he drafted Drew number one overall, and they did go to the Super Bowl a couple years later, and he did in fact, throw the football awful lot in New England. And even in Dallas, when I was together with them again in Dallas, we threw the ball a lot. So my numbers would be totally different. Um,
1: I, I think I got them. Uh, 1,102 receptions, 14,580 yards, 756 – oh, that's first downs – 128 touchdowns. That's it. Th- those are key stats. How
2: do you know what 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 do you mean?
0: Those are Marvin
1: Harrison's career stats. Marvin ah. Harrison, same <laughs> draft as key. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true. But that's different, different, different coaching philosophies and styles, though. Mm. That's all. Bill Bill, you know, we, we wanted to run the ball, play defense, do all those sort of things. And I think in in the end, that's probably why Peyton stayed in the school, because he knew that he could not get Bill to all of a sudden air it out, because that just wasn't what Bill wanted to do. Would have
0: been nice to get those handoffs, though, hockey. Huh, we got about fifteen seconds left in the second. Would have been nice to get those handoffs.
2: Yeah, maybe I'd be on the Manning part, Ma- Mega Cast by now. <laughs> Instead of messing around with me and Jay, you'd be on the Mega Cast. All right.
0: How much do you trust America's team? That's next. KJM on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday
6: mornings from six to ten Eastern
4: on ESPN Radio.